0: Good morning. Good morning. What a beautiful day! I love when it's raining. I love when it's gray outside. I love sunny. Days. Definitely, I love the sun, but I love also rainy days. My dad was uh, one of those fans, you know, guys. And happy Father's Day to all the parents, all the all the dads. Happy Father's Day to us. Happy Praise happy the Lord. Father's Day to the heavens. Happy Father's Day to you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that we can worship you and adore you because you deserve glory, honor, and adoration. Happy Father's Day to you, Lord. We love you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. is a request somebody said to me you know what in our church we go through different 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 kind of trials and when we are in the middle of the trouble we we reach out to each other and we help each other so it, it feels like a family can you play this song and i said i think so
1: how's it go
0: worship the Lord, guys, and continue enjoying His presence. This morning we are going to talk about a wonderful topic which is missions and missionaries. I know that so many of you have heard about mission trips, right? And you have heard about missionaries going to exotic places and unknown countries, correct? You have heard of that. Probably even you have heard about local missions and all that. So I want to talk to you today about that. What is the meaning of those missions and, and particularly how the Lord Jesus sees missions. To begin with, I want you to understand that missionaries are, are people like you and I. Some people think that missionaries are really uh, super special individuals that are extremely smart and that with so many talents and gifts, and, uh, but the truth is, is not necessarily. Missionaries are just individuals that are willing to do what the Lord asked us to do. In fact, every believer should become a missionary. Each one of us, you and I, we should be missionaries doing what He is asking us to do. To do. And uh, the first thing that I want to share with you is who were the first group of missionaries? Who were they? Were they people, graduated from Harvard or Princeton? No. They were normal individuals. Some of them, they were fishermen. And others were uh, kind of not necessarily clean individuals. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, for instance, we, we, we can mention the, the case of uh, Matthew, who was a tax collector, probably not totally clean individual. Individuals like like Matthew or Peter with this temperament. You know, Peter was very temperamental. You know, explosion after explosion here and there. You know, his mouth always getting him into trouble. That sounds familiar to you? (laughs) Well, individuals like those, they were the first missionaries. They were individuals like you. You didn't go to any special school to, to become a believer. You just receive the call from the Lord. One day you heard his voice. You knew I need to be close to the Lord. And that was it. A missionary is simply anyone who wants to obey the voice of the Lord Jesus. And the first call that he gives us is the, the call to, cl- to get close to him. Correct? All right. So now that you understand that a missionary could be anybody and we all should be missionaries, let's explore what the chapter number 10 of the book of Matthew tells us about the missionary lifestyle or missionary, missionary mentality according with what the Lord Jesus says. So we read the scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Matthew 10:1. Jesus called his 12 disciples together. That is a very important word. Together. And he gave them power over evil spirits and power to heal every kind of disease and sickness. Power to do something special, but the Lord wanted them to be together. One of the main issues in today's world is the separation that you see all the time, all over. And and we live that experience ourselves. Sometimes in our own families, right? Sometimes we do not understand how it's possible that we, for instance, in families, is father and and daughter in fights and not being in unity. Or you see that between siblings and then nephews and the brother-in-law, and it is a disaster, and that is not what the Lord wants. He wants us to be all together. But it's impossible, Gian. People are just different. Sometimes they are rude and this and that. And and I understand that. But the idea the Lord has for us is that we we aim for togetherness and, and unity. That is the first thing. Because what is the point of talking of a good Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, that is a God of love, if we cannot be loving to each other and forgiving and tolerant with each other's weaknesses. Right? We should be tolerant on on that matter. That's that's for sure. And that is the first thing he says. I I want them to be together. And then I will give you power. The power that he is talking about has to do with uh, several things. But let's see what he says. He says, when you go He sent them to the mission, right? When you go, tell them this. God's kingdom is now very near. Heal the sick. Bring the dead back to life. Heal the people who have leprosy. And force demons out of people. I give you these powers freely to help others freely. So there are five main things that I want to share with you here in this passage that we need to understand how the mission that he is asking us to do works. The first thing is that mission, it says the kingdom is very near. Where is the kingdom of the Lord? Here. It's here. Now, people think that the kingdom of the Lord is a place. A place somewhere somewhere. Like the song, right? Somewhere over the rainbow. Something like that. Some people think heaven is something like that. The kingdom of the Lord is somewhere in the universe. And actually people, when they, when they think of heaven and when they think of the Lord, when they think of praying, they think that heaven and the Lord, all that is somewhere, so distant, it, hidden. In the universe, somewhere behind so many clouds or planets or whatever. And the Lord Jesus said the opposite. (laughs) He says, the kingdom is near. Because the kingdom of the Lord is already here. It's in our hearts. Who created everything? The good Lord God Almighty. Who owns everything? The good Lord God Almighty. He owns everything. Well, this title says that the vehicle is in my name. This title says that this property is of my name. Well, yeah, legally it's true, but trust me, what you possess belongs to the Lord. And generations and after generations, after generations, they fight to acquire things and possess things that eventually when they die, they cannot take with themselves. And they pass it to the next generation, and again the next, the next generation fighting for the same thing, and all of them struggling with one idea in mind. I want to acquire. I want to own. They don't get it. Everything belongs to the Lord. Our job is to be good stewards of what we have and administrate what the Lord is giving us, right? Whether it's your vehicle, your properties, your assets, whatever you have is your job to administrate that properly. But everything belongs to the Lord. He is here. He rules the whole universe. He rules life. The kingdom of the Lord is already here. But where exactly is in our hearts? For some people, Jesus is a prophet. For some people, Jesus is the man on the cross. For some people, Jesus is the guy for Christmas thing and Easter, right? For some people, Jesus is, is a, a history man. It's a guy in history. He's the one who separates years. Oh yeah, 2018, after Jesus Christ. Yeah. For some people, Jesus is that. For us, it's more than that. For some people, Jesus is the Savior, right? Oh no, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is my Savior, right? Right. I want to receive Jesus in my heart, right. But Jesus wants to be More than that, he wants to be your Lord. What is the difference? When he is my Lord, he rules me. I do do things his way. I will do what he says, not what I say. He is my master. When he says the kingdom of the Lord is near, you see, it's talking about the kingdom where there is a king. That's why we need to see the good Lord Jesus as our king, as our authority. Not like a pal. He is your friend. He is willing to be with you when you are in trouble. But you need to see him as the king of kings and lord of lords, the one who will really help you in times of need. And he is expecting that you will respect him, that you will submit yourself to him, surrender to his authority. That is the kingdom of the Lord. It's near. And he says, I want you to go and heal the sick. You and I are entitled, empowered to go and pray For the sick ones, and they will be healed. We have seen that many, many times. You have to experience that yourself as a servant of the Lord. As a missionary, you should do that. I remember the first time that I saw a miracle of healing. I was amazed. It was a boy. It was a 19-year-old boy who had a terrible pain in his ear. And he went to his parents' room that night. And he comes there and says to the parents, I, I, I'm, I am in trouble. My, my ear is aching so bad. I have a terrible pain. And the dad said, come here. Let me pray for you. So And the kid says, okay. <laughs> so the dad comes, put his hand on the head of this little boy, this young man, and prayed. And the prayer was, Lord, I ask you to heal my son in the name of Jesus. You know what happened? This kid, 19 years old, experienced something like a fire here in his head. And immediately, immediately, the pain was gone. I am a witness of that miracle because I am the 19 years old boy. Sure. My dad was just a, a new believer, but he believed. He believed that we are empowered to heal people. So he prayed over me, and I got healed. And I said, what was that, That? What was that? And he said, well, it's what I am learning in, in church, that I am empowered, entitled to heal the sick ones. Oh, that was amazing. That I wasn't a believer then. I, believe I became a believer four years later. But I remember that. You should remember that when you are around people that are sick. But the first reaction of believers is to get the pill, to get the medicine, to get this, to go to the doctor. They don't. They don't think about praying. You should remember that because you are empowered to heal the sick. And then the next thing he says. I want you to bring the dead back. What do you mean by that? Well, how many people are literally dead in their sins today? How many people are without life? And you know them. You walk next to them in the store. You see them when you are walking with them. You hear their conversations. They are dead. They don't have any life. There is no enthusiasm. There is... Nothing positive in those individuals. You are called as a missionary to bring them back to life. How do I do that, Gian? It's very simple. You just share with them that there is hope in the name of Jesus. Oh, that's tough. I don't know how to say those things. You don't need to say much. Just tell them that they need to trust in the name of the Lord Jesus. How hard is that to say? You should do it. We are called to bring them back to life, to impart life. It says, go and heal those who have leprosy. Well, praise the Lord. You say, I don't see people with leprosy today, you know. That's a good thing. I don't have to do that. Well, but listen. Leprosy was an illness in those days that when they were with carrying that, that illness, they were Forced to have a bell. And when they were walking, the bell was ringing. Blingling, belingling, belingling. And why was that? Because they were telling people, don't get close to me. I have leprosy. And the Lord Jesus says to these disciples, I want you to go and heal the people with leprosy. In other words, what he was saying is, rather than rejecting those that are already rejected, embrace them. Embrace people. And heal them. Because quite often, when people are sick, when people are, and you know, illnesses right now are more mental illnesses than physical illness. You know that. So many people are confused in these days. And they fight against everything and everybody everywhere they go because they are not well mentally, emotionally. So we are aware of that. And because of their behavior, most people reject them. And they say, oh, here is drama person. I don't want to be with him. Oh, here is the drama queen. I don't want to be with her. Right? Well, the Lord says, they are already rejected by everyone. I want you to embrace them. Don't reject them. Embrace them. And then he says, and those who have demons, force those demons out of them, which is another reality in these days. How can you explain, guys, that today you will find individuals committing horrendous crimes against little ones, whether those are sexual crimes, or they are violent crimes? How can you explain that? How can you explain that an individual can kill his own mother or father or sibling or a spouse and just murder them? And then when you hear stories about it, most of the time, those individuals afterwards, they say, I-, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I-, I don't, I I just, Blackout? I don't know what happened. It's a reality. There are many individuals today that are oppressed by demons. And we believers are empowered and entitled to go and set them free. But you see, it's a process. It's it's a total different approach to life. When you see yourself the way that the Lord is looking at you, He doesn't see you as an entrepreneur. I want you to understand that. He will never admire you for all your success in your company, in your career, in your profession. No. He will be happy with that, but admire you for that? No. But He will admire you when you listen to Him, when you let the kingdom be established in your heart, and you say, I'm going to do things your way, Lord, not my way. That is the kingdom. He is the king. I'm the servant. That's the way that you should see life. And when you see life this way, you will understand what he is telling us here. Remember, the kingdom of the Lord is near. I want you to bring people back to life. I want you to heal the sick ones. I want you to cast out those demons. I want you to embrace those who are rejected. Right? The Lord said those five things and we need to Find ways to do this because if we, if you are today listening to this and you if you don't want to understand what the Lord is telling you, you are not listening, you are not paying attention to him, something is not right because the objective of hearing God's word is to apply his word into our lives. Do you agree with me? What could be the objective of learning or listening Another Sunday message, another message on Facebook, another preaching, another teaching. What could be the objective of listening and listening if you don't want to apply it? But what the Lord is telling us, apply it. Understand the kingdom is near. is here to heal, impart life, embrace people, and release those who are troubled. That is what the Lord wants us to do. In Matthew 10, verse 9, he says, do not carry any money with you. Basically, what he is telling to the disciples and what he's telling you today, listen carefully, please. What the Lord is telling you today is trust in me. Trust in me. I will take care of your needs. But so many individuals cannot enjoy a Sunday morning because they are freaking out with the bills they have to pay on Wednesday. So many individuals cannot enjoy a good afternoon on a Sunday, gray, rainy afternoon because they are devastated not knowing what the future holds for themselves. They are dying of worry. I don't know what I wanna do with this. What if this, what if that? You know, when I hear people telling me, but what if this, what if that? I just look at them and honestly breaks my heart because I just think how horrible it would be to be in in that person's mind. Because I do not operate that way. I am not wondering, what if, what if, I don't need to wonder. I just obey and believe. But those who are wondering all the time, but what, what if she says that? What if he says that? What if they say this? What if, what if, what if, oh my goodness, what kind of life is that? You need to get rid of all those doubts. The Lord told the disciples, listen, guys, I want you to go to do that. Do what I say. This is what the Lord says, right? Do what I say. Do it. And, and when you go, I don't want you to carry any money with you because I'll take care of you. Don't, just don't worry about it. Just trusting me. This is the promise for those who are doing God's will, the money will come. Why so many people are struggling with money? Because they are not doing God's will. But when you are doing the Lord's will, if you follow what, what we are learning You don't need to be worried about anything. He will provide. But you should be doing what he is telling you to do, which is the big challenge, right? Obey what he says. And then he says this else. When you enter a city or town, find some worthy person there and stay in his home until you leave. What tells tells us a tremendous strategy in networking and we know that, right? Those individuals that are doing network businesses in these days, they know that what they need to find is a body, right? <laughs> I remember a friend of mine who used to be a good tennis player. Every time we were traveling to place from place to place in any town, he was always looking for the tennis courts. <laughs> you know? He was always looking for the tennis courts. He has the tennis rackets and the tennis shoes and the tennis balls and everything ready to go to play tennis because he knew that he will connect with them. What's in your heart? Evil? I don't think so. What's in your heart? Hate? I don't think so. What's in your heart? Fear? I don't think so. I hope not. What's in your heart? Love, peace, joy, well, those are your racket, ball, and tennis shoes. Find people that fit with you. That's what it's telling telling us the Lord here. Find someone that you can feel comfortable with and stay with that person. Every time you find a friend, every time, wherever you go, and you find somebody that connects with you, Stick with it. Stick with that relationship. Stay there. The Lord says, in some versions of the scripture declare th- that this man, the worthy person, is a man of peace. Because if you need a kind of friend in your life, is a man of peace. You need to find those individuals in your life. And as you do your mission and you do what the Lord is asking you to do, The Lord will provide these individuals to you, people that are peaceful. So when you need to have a little break in your work, in your business, in your life, you go and have that man of peace, that woman of peace. You can go and just chill. But you need to open your eyes and observe and listen to the conversations of those individuals that you are hanging out with. If those people are just talking trash, what are you doing there? It's a waste of your time. Now, you can go to heal, impart life, release them, love them, and tell them that the kingdom is near. But when they don't want to receive it, when they refuse that kind of communication from you, you are going to be wasting your time. We will see something about it in a minute. And verse 16 says, Listen, I am sending you, and you will be like sheep among wolves. So be smart like snakes, but also be like doves and don't hurt anyone. Telling us the Lord, in, in your daily life, you have to be careful and prudent. Right? You have to pay attention to what you do. You need to lock your house as you lock your car when you go to the store and you park the vehicle in the parking lot, right? You need to be prudent in your business. Who has a key to your house? Who has the password to your internet? Who has access to this particular thing and this particular thing? When you are doing, especially in your workplace and you have to work with other individuals, You have to be prudent and careful. You don't know what they are thinking. It's what the Lord says. Watch out. Pay attention. Be meek, but be smart. Be prudent. Right? And verses 18a and 20b, he says, You will be taken to stand before governors and kings because you follow me. The spirit of your father will be speaking through you. When the injustices happen in your life, and you do not understand why this is happening to you, you are being taken to different places. When you go to those places, you don't worry about what you're going to say. Just trust in the Lord. He will guide you because the Spirit of the Lord will speak through you. Especially, friends, when there are accusations that are just lies individuals that I will try to put you down, people that will try to hurt you, people that just love to say all kind of evil things against others. And if you are the target of that conversation, don't worry, trust in the Lord. Because there is a reason why the Lord is allowing you to live that experience. Maybe, listen to this, maybe the things that you live are just allowed by the Lord so you can be in the presence of someone and then you will be able to say something to that person by the Spirit. You don't know. Now, the true believer, the the faithful believer, when he's going to trials and is in the midst of that situation, will pray, right? Yes, when we are... In the midst of of tribulations, when we are confused and nervous and we don't know what to do, we pray. We pray to the good Lord, asking him, Lord, guide me. I don't know what to say here. Help me. But while you are there and then you face those individuals, the right thing to do is when you are there is to speak only positive things. Say only what is needed to say that is positive. Because if you are into situations and rather than saying the positive things and encouraging people and share your faith and your positivism, you are just going to be complaining and complaining and complaining like the other person is doing. There is no difference between between that person and yourself. You see that? But when, when you are being accused by others and you are in that place and you keep this behavior impeccable because you are strong in the Lord, you are not freaking out. You are not a little kid, a little boy, a little girl. I don't know what to do. No. You are a strong believer. You are a missionary. You are empowered by the Lord. You are entitled by faith to do good things. You are not afraid. So you show up there, and then the person says, what happened to you? Well, I just want you to know that, 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 that. Positive remarks. Reassuring the other individual that you are sane. You get that? Trusting me is all the result of trust in the Lord. You trust in the Lord, everything is going to be all right. So then you will speak. Whatever the situation is because there is a reason why the Lord takes you to those places even if it was unfair In Matthew 10:22a and 23a says everyone will hate you because you follow me Everyone will hate you because you follow me you are going to live that experience and you will not understand but why is that I don't understand why this individual that was my friend now hates me. We hang out for a while. We were good buddies and now hates me. Why is that? It's because you follow the Lord. Because you surrender. Try to understand this, friends. When you see the Lord Jesus as the Lord in your life, and you surrender to Him, and you follow Him, and you do what He says, your lifestyle is very, very different than the lifestyle of those who claim to be believers. Because you are truly doing what the Lord says. You are honest and genuine. And unfortunately, you will find, like the Lord Jesus told us, uh, that it is impossible to avoid the weed grows gr- grow with the wheat. They grow together. They look alike, but they are different. But when you truly follow the Lord, those who do not, they will hate you. They will say, you know what? We, we also like to go to church, but we don't have to do that. <laughs> you see? Yeah, we we believe in the Bible, but we don't have to do all that because they don't want to surrender. You see, that's the difference. You know what is interesting? Weed does not have any fruit, any seed. Weed is always straight. But wheat, because of the weight of the seed, bows. Humbleness, humility, Is the result of a true servant of the Lord, a true believer, a true missionary is humble. We know they they want to do what they want. No, I don't have to do all that. I don't blah, 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 blah. And the Lord says something else. When you are treated badly in one city, go to another city. Move forward. Forget about it. There are many other places to go. Yeah, it's true. You were friends with this group of people, and now they hate you because you are becoming a true servant, and they can't. They hate you now. They can't stand you now. They unfriend you on Facebook, and on and on. And now you're wondering what is going on, what's happening. You just don't worry. The Lord says, forget about it. If they treat you badly, go to the next one, because there are other individuals, other cities. Move forward. Move forward. Don't get stuck in the mud. It's easy. Just use the four-wheel drive. Z- boom. Z- boom. Boom, boom, Out. <laughs> right? Move forward. Move forward. And that is the price to pay. And there is more about it. In 1025B, 26A, 28A, and 31A, Serv- servants should be happy to be treated the same as their masters should be happy. But when someone is mistreating you in a very unfair way, do you really rejoice in that? Or you get upset and you are pouting and you are, all this whining and, is that what you do? It's not what the Lord is telling you to do. A true missionary, a true servant of the Lord, The true believer is going to go through those kind of things. It's unavoidable. You cannot avoid that. It's going to happen. Oh, gee, and that's too hard. I'm not sure if I like that. Well, the Lord has a plan for your life, and you will be able to do it, but you need to understand what is happening. You don't need to be naive, right? Little kids can be naive. They don't know, but we are adults and he says you should be happy if they mistreat you because people mistreated the lord jesus or you forgot that <laughs> people mistreated the lord jesus so when people are mistreating you you say lord i understand and then you remember the words of the lord jesus when he was mistreated and he was about to die he looked at at the sky looked at his father and said Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Is that your attitude? Or do you want to pray like this, friend of mine? Oh, Lord, bring them to you or I will send them to you. (laughs) No. You should be happy. If there is mistreatment, lack of appreciation, disrespect, you just say, well, thank you, Lord. I'm learning. I'm learning to be more forgiving. Do not be afraid of people. No fear. Three times the Lord saying, do not fear people. Do not fear people. Listen, there is a big difference in between being prudent and careful and being afraid. And I will give you examples, okay? Let's suppose there are two individuals, right? Individual A and individual B. Individual A is a good guy. Individual B is a bad guy. Individual B is disrespectful, nasty, cruel, rude, vulgar, filthy language. He doesn't care where he is or with whom he is. He will just say whatever he thinks in a rude way with all kind of bad words he's cussing all the time. And is horrible. That's person B, okay? Person A is a nice person. A good Christian, decent, and all that. For whatever reason, they met in some point in life, and they have a disagreement, right? So now, they are separated. Question. Do you think that the personalities of both of them changed because of that encounter? No. You know that. Person B has been, is, and probably will be like that forever, right? Person A, on the other hand, will make some adjustments to her, to his personality, thinking, next time that I see someone like person B, I'll be more careful, <laughs> right? I will not get into business with someone like person B. Oof, that's tricky. OK, now, now that you understand the scenario, Watch the difference between being afraid and being prudent. Being afraid is that person A is in his car driving, watching if he sees a car like person B's car. Goes to a shopping center, looks for all the cars that are parked in the parking lot, hoping that... Any vehicle like person B's vehicle is parked there. If he sees something like that, takes off going to another shopping center. That is being afraid of people. You see, that's a different thing than being prudent. Being prudent is this, you are in the store and then you see person B getting into the store and you hear the person B's voice and you know what is going to happen. What do you do as a prudent person? You leave the cart there and take off. You apologize with some of the clerks in the store and you say, I'm sorry, but I have to go. I have an emergency. Yeah, you don't want to call the police because person B just showed up. Do you see the difference? The Lord says to you, do not be afraid. Do not be thinking of that person B. Forget about it. Forget about it. Don't think about it. Let it go. In verses 28b and and 32a, the only one you should fear is the Lord God. (laughs) It's the only one. You don't need to be concerned if person B is there or person C or person D or whatever, the whole alphabet. (laughs) It doesn't matter. If you have the fear for the Lord and you are doing the right thing you don't need to be concerned about anything or afraid of anything you are doing the right thing you just trust trust in the Lord and you are afraid of him that's why you don't do anything wrong you know we do not steal because we are afraid of being caught we do not uh, lie because we are afraid That people will find out. No, that's not the reason. We don't cheat because we don't want others to find out. That's not the reason. We don't steal. We don't lie. We don't cheat because we have fear for the Lord. That's the reason. That is the reason why when we see situations that are uncomfortable, we extract ourselves from those environments and we say, Lord, give me the wisdom. What is what I should do here in this moment? Because you fear the Lord. That's it. People can call you chicken or whatever. Tell them, no, give me some chicken. I like it though. Salad, soup, whatever, sandwich. But I'm not a chicken. I'm very strong in the Lord. Before others say that you believe in me, then I will tell my father that you belong to me. So why, why you don't want to fight this person B? Or why you don't want to do this? Or why this and why that? You will say, you know what? It's not what the Lord says. What, which Lord? What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Lord Jesus. He doesn't want me to do that. And you say those words. And listen, when you say that you believe in me before others. Yeah, but in my company, that's a, a problem. Yeah, but, you know, in public places, uh, you know, you don't want to offend anybody. Okay, don't do it then. I'm just reading the scripture. The scripture says, before others. It doesn't say, if this or if that or before others say that you believe in me, then, then I will tell my father that you belong to me. The protection that comes from heaven through the hand of the good Lord comes as a result of your testimony when you say, I believe in Jesus. What's wrong with that? You don't believe in Jesus? is your problem. It's your call. It's your decision. But I do believe in God and I do believe in Jesus. Fear the, the Lord only. But if you are in a group of people and they are anti-God, anti-everything, Fear the Lord only. Do not be afraid of them. 10.37. Those who love their father or mother or children more than they love me are not worthy of me. That's the missionary. The missionary is the one that says, Mom, I love you, but today is the day that I have to go to worship the Lord. Dad, today is Father's Day, and yes, I want to give you honor, but the Lord comes first. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I came to visit, but you know, this is what I do all the time to worship the Lord. The Lord comes first. But when you put your father, your mother, your spouse, your sister, your child, your whatever before the Lord, look what the Lord Jesus says. They are not worthy of me. But when you say, no, 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 no. I love you mom, I love you dad, I love you son, I love you daughter, I love you spouse, I love you, every- I love everybody. Just remember that above everybody, I love the Lord. Who loves the Lord with all of his heart like I do here in this house? Joshua said, me and my house will serve the Lord. You see, the missionary is not the guy that is being sent to Kazakhstan, or in Nepal, or in Brazil, or in the darkest areas of Odessa. The missionary is a guy who has this understanding in his heart and operates this way. Something else the Lord says in verse 38, he says, Those who do not accept the cross that is given to them are not worthy of me. And what is that cross? We all know what that cross is. It's the difficulties in life doing the right thing, right? Waiting on the Lord. The cross sometimes is just waiting on Him and saying, Lord, I thought that you would do this. I thought that you would do that. And it's not happening. But when you accept your cross, whatever is that. I have friends that they have lost their spouses, very young age and they say, I'm going to trust in the Lord. But there are others that they have lost their jobs, professions. Some others have had accidents. Some others have lost a child. I have a good friend lost a child and, oh my goodness, I cannot tell you how much this lady suffered for that child It was her only son and died. And of course, when you are going through those kind of trials, you are devastated and you suffer and you cry, but you cannot stay there because if you cannot accept the cross that is given to you, you are not worthy of the Lord Jesus. It's like you are saying, my son is more important than you, Lord. My job is more important than you. My health is more important than you my this my that is more important than you you are not that important in my life that is the message when the person does not accept the cross so whatever is the problem that you have you should say Lord if this is your will I take it I trust you because I want to be worthy of you I want to serve you and I'll do things your way my Lord you see in 1039, he says, those who try to keep the life they have will lose it. They are so comfortable with the life they have, right? I just love what I can do, and I go wherever I want, and I do, what, do whatever I want, and I don't want to make any changes, especially for this kingdom, for this Jesus, for this church lifestyle. You know, I'm so comfortable here. You know, it's pretty convenient. Why will I change? I want to keep my life the way it is. Well, the Lord Jesus says, well, they will lose it. It is not a threat. He's not threatened you. It is, it's a fact. It's a fact. It happened. It happens and will happen forever because it's written. for an individual who claims to be a believer but doesn't want to do what he says and they want to continue doing what they think they're gonna lose that they're gonna lose that family, they're gonna lose that child, they're gonna lose that company, they're gonna lose that job, they're gonna lose that house they're gonna lose that car, they're gonna lose everything that life they will lose it why? Because they are not willing to do what the Lord says. Listen to this. Those who give up their life for me will find true life. They say, you know what? This is so great. What we have is great. But the Lord is calling us to do something more. To act in a different way. He is calling us for a different kind of life. I want to give up to what I have. Because I, I want to do what he says. And the promise that Lord Jesus is giving us is this. You will find true life. The true life that millions and millions of believers around the world throughout the history of humankind have found. Is that they found in the Lord God Almighty. The treasure of treasures. The pearl of great price. The kingdom has become a reality in their lives. And they say, all that I want is you, Lord. You and your kingdom. They found that true life. And trust me, friends. Once you do that, you will see how the Lord will give you everything else back to you. multiplied times and times. Hundreds and hundreds of times more. When you give up to that life of comfort. No, Lord, I'm going to do things your way. I'm going to do things your way. In verse 40, says, Whoever accepts you also accepts me. That means when you go into your business and a daily life and you are here and there, and then eventually someone is going to be nice to you and is going to be friendly to you, basically what that is happening there is that person is finding in the Lord Jesus his hope as well. Verse 42, whoever helps any of these little ones, because they are followers, my followers, will definitely get a reward, even if they only give them a cup of cold water. Now, let's go to the context so you can understand. This is Israel. There are no refrigerators, no convenient stores. Ice has not been discovered cold water what that means is whoever helps you my missionaries you are a missionary you are missionaries right whoever helps you missionaries even with a little thing I will reward you I will reward them but he says even if it's only here is the deal the true help that will be rewarded is that helps, that require a little bit of effort. Because it's very easy. It's very easy to give whatever you don't want or you don't care for. Right? That's easy. Anyone can do that. Let's suppose I have something in my pocket here. Well, by the way, I have here some cash that I wanted to give to the kids this morning. And I will. It's not much. I have $10 here. If I give $10 here, that won't affect me at all, at all. It's nothing to me, right? It's nothing to you either. $10 is nothing, right? It's not the cold water. (laughs) It's not the cold water. But when I am doing something special for someone, that's different. That person says, you know what, what you are doing for God, what you are going, doing for the, for the Lord, what you are doing for the church, what you are doing for the company, what you are doing for our family, what you are doing here in this place is, is special, really. So I, I did this for you. You see, that's the cold water. Because bringing a, cold, a cup of cold water in the middle of the <laughs> terrain in Israel, in the middle of the heat, is not an easy job. More likely, you had that for yourself for later in the evening when, when you want to cool down, right? You didn't have the cold water then. You save it. You put it somewhere. Maybe you dig something, a hole in the ground, and you kept the water. I don't know how they kept cold water, but I know that in the desert, you cannot keep cold water like we have it you know, in the refrigerator here. <laughs> You see, the reward will come to anyone that helps you. But listen, open your eyes to this, friends. Those who help you when they put a little bit of effort into that thing. Not to anybody. You appreciate everything. But especially, the Lord appreciates those who put effort into doing something for you. And vice versa. When you are giving anything to the church. When you are giving just the minimum that you can to the Lord, to the church, don't expect any reward. Don't expect anything special. But when you do something special, you put effort into that. I was telling my wife this morning, you know, every day when I come here and I prepare everything for the, for the services and I see the little details, every little thing that I do, and I say to the Lord, Lord, thank you for the privilege that I have to do this. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that I have to do this. All the little transactions that I go through, and I say to the Lord, thank you for this privilege, Lord, that I can do this for you and for my brothers and sisters. It's the way that you should see it. An opportunity to serve the Lord, to do something for his kingdom. Then the rewards are going to come. I'm going to close this message by sharing with you This passage of the scripture that can transform your life. If you are willing to understand what it says. 1 John chapter 4 verse 18a. Where the Lord's love is there is no fear. Because the Lord's perfect love takes away fear. After you heard all that you are thinking man it's a lot. It's like I feel like I have a, a gigantic Task ahead of me. I don't know if I, w- I am willing. I don't even know if I remember all that that I heard this morning. But I just know something. That's a lot. I am not sure that I can do all that. In fact, I'm a little bit nervous. I think I will fail. I'm afraid. I'm afraid because I know myself. I know how selfish I am. I know that I just think of myself. I know that I am not totally into serving God. I know that I really don't put too much into missions or others or saving the world. I know that. I am afraid I'm going to fail. I'm not sure that I can really do what the Lord expects me to do. Listen to this. Where the Lord's love is, there is no fear. Because the Lord's perfect love takes away fear. The love the of the Lord comes into your heart, and you are filled with that love, and then you just feel the peace, and you say, Lord, I get it. It's you doing all this through me. And you have, if for any reason you have never gave your heart to the Lord Jesus, this is the time. And I will invite you just to open your heart and say with me, Dear Lord, I need you. Help me. I need to be transformed and changed. And I'm sorry, Lord, for my sins. Help me to be a different person. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I receive my forgiveness. Thank you for eternal life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for coming up today to church. And Tracy is going to sing one song here for us. And with this, we we finish our service. Or we are going to sing. We are going to sing. Okay. We.